Good evening and welcome to Milestones. This is your host, Sarah Conrad. On tonight's show, we will continue our second of two shows on our Welcome to Milestones segment. Tonight, we will be inspired by three wonderful ladies in leadership. Our first guest tonight is ACB treasurer, Carla Rushwald. accomplished many goals in your life, both in ACB and otherwise. Can you describe one significant achievement that stands out in your mind and maybe some challenges that you had to overcome in order to reach that milestone? That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Now, one of the things we talk a lot about in ACB is the importance of working together to help each other achieve goals and the importance of mentoring. So, you know, when you were preparing to run for president or maybe in, in other positions, you know, as you've worked throughout ACB, can you talk a little bit about how the help of a mentor or a friend has helped you reach some of those goals? Whatever the group, I'm going to try to help people have a better life, not just 
then it all kind of builds on itself after that. And I will have to say that my parents, both of whom were blind, my father was totally blind, my mother had pretty good vision until her mid-40s, and then she lost her vision due to retinitis pigmentosa. But they were very, very, very involved in the blindness movement and the advocacy issues. And, you know, I would watch my dad call a landlord on behalf of someone who was afraid to call the landlord on their own because they're stealing and calling him. Or I would watch him get involved in other community activities. He was a Boy Scout leader at the Kentucky School for the Blind and went off to camp with about 40 boys, mm-hmm. more than one. You know, he didn't sit home and say, somebody ought to do this. He did it. I saw my mother teach 4-H when sighted parents said they didn't have time. And so I grew up not only sitting on the back porch listening to blind politics, but I grew up watching them do things not expecting someone else to be president of the PTA at school, but doing it themselves. Not expecting someone else to be the 4-H leader. In other words, I grew up, just it was a, just ingrained from the time I was probably two years old, watching them be participants and be doers and get out there and get the job done. And another thing it taught me was my, my father was never president of um, the Kentucky Council of the Blind. He didn't have to be president to be extremely influential. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't like being on board. So only ever so often could we get them to be on board. They worked very hard for our blind bowling league. We're competing on national national bowling tournaments here in Louisville. We're on several national conventions for ACB here in Louisville. And, you know, they were doers. But they didn't have to have the title specialist. And so that just said that, 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 you know, you get out there and you perform, you do, and then the titles come with it, but you earn what you get. It's not just easy come, easy go, and some little hat you put on to stand around and say, oh, look who I am. There's a lot of work mm-hmm. that goes with really being a good leader, whether you have a title with it or not. Sounds like they really led by example for you. Oh, they did. That's they great. absolutely did. That's not wonderful. only for me, but for many other people within the blind community uh, in this area. Mm-hmm. And would tell others. They called and said, well, how can I do this? And my dad would say, well, try this or try that. I mean, even mm-hmm. what today would be called a mentor. But they didn't call them mentors back then. They just called it helping somebody else. Sure. But it's all the same. What today we call mentors. That's wonderful. And then just one more question, Carla. When you think about, you know, the story that you shared, that, you know, really proud moment that you have of coming out of the nominating committee for president, how has that moment, that milestone kind of impacted your life in leadership in ACB? Because it was in 2007, and my voice.
election when someone asked me on the floor, if you don't win presidency, can we run you for first vice president? I said, absolutely not. I'll go back to being a director and I'll be contributing. Now, when I rotated off in 2010, there were things that I wanted to accomplish, and I hadn't quite got them all done at that point. So the next year, I came back and ran for treasurer. I think that probably the 2007 election helped me to, I, I never took an election for granted, because I never ran easy elections over the years. I, you know, I would have I would run tight elections, so that, that's fine. But I think that all of the things that happen to you throughout situations like that, like you know, through the election, through all the running, all the caucuses and things, it lets you know that you never, ever take something like that for granted. You never assume you are going to win. Because if you do that, kind of like assuming you're going to make an A on a test. Whenever I thought I was doing really great in, in college or graduate school, that I just absolutely was so good, I knew the material so well, I didn't have to study, <laughs> I guarantee you that was the test I didn't do too well. Mm -hmm. um, but if I thought I really needed to study and I worked hard, I'd get an A almost every time. Mm -hmm. And I might get a B on the ones that I didn't study for, but then I knew that I could have done that. So those kinds of great and I think learning through the whole process win or lose you know to appreciate every part of the process of, right. of leadership that's that's really great thank you for all you do for ACB and for all that I'm sure you will continue to do thank you for inspiring so many people in leadership in our great organization and we just all really appreciate all you do
get more involved too. Thank you. This evening has a familiar voice on ACB Radio. Here to share about her achievements is Debbie Hazelton. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you, Sarah. It's my honor and privilege to be here. Debbie, can you tell us about a time when you achieved a milestone in your life and maybe perhaps um, some challenges that you had to overcome along the way? Well, I always was a person who insisted on marching to my own drum, and my mother used to say that I was jack-of-all-trade, master of none. I did graduate with a couple of different graduate degrees and an undergraduate degree, all in the areas of psych and counseling. Probably my greatest achievement was that I wrote two books that were published, and I, I, again, I just, I would get jobs and I would work in them, but there was always this other part of me that felt like I have a greater sense of purpose than any of the roles out there, any of the jobs out there. And so I left the publishing company where I worked because they said, you can't be on staff and be published by us. I thought that was a little strange. But I left. I, first, I went into a part-time status to finish writing it. And then when they published it, I left. And I went on conference tour with them. And then a year later, I came out with my second book. Well, both books are still findable in used format. But the first one actually sold 30,000 copies the first year. And I don't have stats for what it did the other years, but it was also translated into Chinese and Japanese. Wow. And um, it's called The Courage to See Daily Affirmations for Healing the Shame Within. I wanted daily mm -hmm. affirmations for personal growth, but because they were dealing with all different forms of recovery, they said it had to be tied to like a problem. The second book was Solving the Self-Esteem Puzzle, A Guide for Moving from Peace to Peace, and that one is in Bard and was put into to Braille and recording through NLS. That's fantastic. That's an amazing accomplishment. I'm sure that that has had an impact on other things that you've done in oh, your life. How have you seen, you know, some of that impact? Well, I did a lot of speaking and really for several years, I would get phone calls, you know, even up to probably not that long ago where people in other states were using that self-esteem book in support groups. And actually when it came out on Bard, I did hear even last year from uh, someone who was recommending it to all their clients at their center. and. And then I also wrote a lot for radio. And back before I wrote those books, I was doing a lot of radio series and, you know, writing them and producing them. And I think that really did carry over into a lot of what I've continued to do since. So, I mean, it's, it's all still a part of me. I did a lot of psych and, I mean, I did a lot of counseling with people and years later, I was also, I added massage. I always said to people, I have my own corporate ladder. And so I added massage and one day somebody said to me, they were in my massage chair and they said, well, how does it feel to be doing massage now that you're not doing counseling? And I said, well, my therapeutic hat is always still on. There's always a way that I'm still helping people. The difference is with adding massage, I get to hear people positively moan. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, you always continue to use those oh, skills. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And things that you learn along the way. Mm -hmm. And I've written other articles, and I had a magazine with someone for a while, and we, I mean, I've just always still, I've gone out on YouTube. I've, I've just, you know, continued in a variety of ways because there's always a sense of, a, a larger sense of mission that I carry, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that's just what I, what I do. That's wonderful. Do you have any advice for some of our listeners who might be, working towards goals of their own? Well, sure. I mean, I think it's, it's good to know what you want and not let people pull you into their agendas and into mm -hmm. just what they think that blind people do or blind people should do and can do and all of that. It's, it's good to just stay, stay true to your heart. And along with that, it's also good to be accountable to whatever it is that you're setting out to do. I mean, if somebody says, well, I really want to get this college degree, well, then do what it's going to take to get that degree. Do the work. Walk the walk. Don't just talk about it, but walk it and have the social skills to be in line with all of that, too, in terms of talking with people and, and having integrity and living true to a sense of purpose. I mean, those would be some things that I would recommend. Sure. That's great advice. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your story, Debbie. We, uh, we all certainly appreciate all that you do for ACB and for ACB Radio and um, sharing your time with us on Milestones. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. guest this evening is Cindy Van Winkle. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you. So, Cindy, tonight on Milestones, we're talking about achievements that we've accomplished in our lives and the role of, of mentors um, along the way. So, can you describe for our listeners an accomplishment that stands out to you as a moment that you are really proud of? I know you've had a lot of accomplishments um, in your life, um, you're definitely an inspiring person. But what's a um, a proud moment that stands out for you? Well, it probably have to be have to do with my daughter, and my oldest daughter is now a mom herself. And when she tells me that she wants to be like me, that definitely is something that I'm proud of. And I worked really hard and put a lot into raising my girls and to see them both mature into beautiful, kind, thoughtful, giving women mm. uh, is probably the greatest impact I could have made on this earth. So that would be the first thing I would think of. Of course, that's, that's incredible. And how have people helped you in raising your daughters? Did you have role models to look to? So I belong to a, a chapter over here in Bremerton, Washington. And we, at the time when my daughters were little, had a few others with young children. And we also had a couple of ladies, one in particular, who was a seasoned mom. So mm -hmm. her kids were young adults at the time. 
and she was blind and was able to, we'd get together from time to time, and this was before the internet, before, you know, you could chat on Facebook and Twitter and ask questions almost instantaneously getting answers. Mm -hmm. So we would get together once a month for quite a while, and we could ask her questions about things like how to clip toenails and <laughs> bathing and just stuff that people might be a little bit less likely to ask someone because they would think or feel that I should already know that, for example. Mm -hmm. And also sighted friends and family members did not know how to do it the way that I might need to do it, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it was. And so... Pat was, and it's so fun for me to run into her now and, and be able to thank her. In fact, I did just recently. told her what an impact she made on me when my girls were little. That definitely was huge for me, and it has allowed me to want to do the same for other young moms. So I, I have other young moms in my life who are blind that come to me and ask me those questions. So it goes around full circle. Absolutely. That's wonderful that you can give back um, some mm -hmm. of what you've been given. Absolutely. Sarah, if I can just share this other little tidbit, it's kind of along the same line. Sure. I'm in a new job. I've been in, a, in my previous job for 20 years, decided to change careers mm -hmm. late in my life. And so I started working in more of an office setting where I've been working in the school district, so I can wear jeans and Anyway, Seahawks gear <laughs> uh, to work. I, I can't do that anymore, and I have to you know dress more professionally. And not being able to see what other people were wearing, because I was told it was uh, professional but uh, casual. So I'm not sure, you know, okay, that really did not mean a lot to me. <laughs> and so I needed to find someone at work that I could talk to and ask questions about what other people were wearing around me, sure. and I really had to be careful, for me personally, I had to be careful about who I asked, because I didn't want people to judge me as the only blind person in my on my team. I didn't want people to judge me that I'm asking kind of goofy questions because I'm blind, sure. yet, I mean, I was asking those questions because I'm blind, so right. I... I did have to be somewhat careful, but I did find the answers I needed, and I built a rapport with my coworkers now. Mm, that's wonderful. That's great. You have to find that balance. That's great. And, and, and not being afraid to ask those questions when you need to. They are kind of goofy questions, but they're goofy, but they're not, you know? Exactly. I mean, somebody who can see obviously does not need to ask those questions because they get the immediate information when they look around the room yes. or people walking in and out of the area or whatever, but I don't get that information. Mm -hmm. I can hear certain things about, you know, what kind of shoes people are wearing by their walk and those kinds of things, but I'm obviously not getting more specific information, and uh, I wasn't going to get it unless I asked, mm -hmm. and I did, and fortunately for me, I, I was blending in just fine, but I was, until that moment, until I confirmed or affirmed that I was uh, dressing appropriately, I felt self-conscious. So as soon as I knew that I was okay, then I felt better about myself. Sure. That must have helped your confidence a lot after asking those questions to make sure that you're on the same page. 
Absolutely, yeah. So just one more question um, for our listeners who maybe are in a similar situation, who are struggling, whether it's with parenting or with another challenge where they're realizing that their sighted family or friends maybe can't relate to them as well um, and are struggling to receive you know, good advice and, and good mentoring. What advice would you have for them? What encouragement? would you have for them to keep keep trying and, and keep going? I think the first thing that we all need to remember is that we don't need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is. And that our struggles are other struggles as well. We're not alone in our struggles, whatever those might be. And that they are not just for those of us who have visual impairments or who are blind, but people have struggles who can see perfectly as well. Mm-hmm. So find people in your life that you can reach out to, whether it's to ask them about hairstyle or clothing or, you know, things that we can't necessarily judge ourselves. You want to find people you trust and who are not judgmental, but really just people that you know will be honest with you and in confidence. And with the way that things are now with the internet, certainly people can look things up and find a lot of information online. But nothing replaces the interaction we get from other people. Mm-hmm. So whether it's finding someone at church or in your local chapter of the blind, sometimes we have to seek more than one person out. Sometimes we have to kind of test the waters a little bit. So I would say that when we are talking to people about sensitive topics, sometimes they're not sensitive to others, but they're sensitive to us. We need to be careful about our selection of who we reach out to and we might want to test the waters a little and make sure that they are people that we really want to put in that position in our life but we can't be fearful of it either so I think we still need to be willing to ask well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story about being a mom and about asking the right questions and about mentoring. And, and thank you for all you do in ACB and for the inspiration that you are to so many people. Well, thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm really touched that you even invited me onto your show. And so uh, I'll just go forward to be the best we can be. That's it. <laughs> wow, such inspiring women. I know I sure have been inspired tonight, and I hope that you have been too. Carla has challenged us to be leaders, whether we have a title behind our name or not. Debbie has challenged us to make personal goals, to use all of the things we learn along the way to make ourselves better. And Cindy has challenged us to make our milestones go full circle as we learn from others and then teach others in return. That's all for our show tonight. We'll be taking a break next week for the ACV National Convention in Minneapolis. I hope to see you there. If you can't make it, be sure to listen on ACB Radio. On July 13th, Milestones will return with a new series called Successful Scholars. Each week, we will celebrate the achievements of this year's ACB scholarship winners. For more information about upcoming shows or to join our email list, go to acbmilestones.weebly.com. Until next time, this is your host, Sarah Conrad, off to mark milestones of my own. Yeah.